Hey everyone, it's Miranda Hughes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's been a good minute. Um, almost actually a good solid month. Uh, I just needed some time to kind of like get with God and figure out, you know, like what he wanted me to kind of learn in this season of my life. And something that was really difficult that I, I mean, this is a whole new level of faith that I've ever been on. So, I mean, I'm getting deeper and deeper with God and I'm not going to lie to anyone. Like when you get on a level with God where you start relying on him and I mean truly relying on him for whatever it is that you need, like you stop turning towards your family, your friends, um, if you got a guy or a girl that you kind of lean on that whether you're considered friends or maybe they're just they're interested in you as a dating kind of situation and you kind of like them but maybe you just like you just don't feel like it's a good fit but they're willing to help you financially or emotionally um or just be there as a friend like just be there with you during tough times um or even if they're just there to, to support you and give you encouragement to remind you of who you are and you know what you're about and that you are doing a good job. Uh, the bottom line is that <clears throat> when, excuse me guys, my voice is just a little raspy, but bear with it. When you get to a stage in your life, when you really say yes to God and you're really pressing forward and you're really like giving your all and you're giving your time and you're just moving forward and you're going fast with it, you know, you build this momentum and you're building trust with God and you're doing things. But then when you hit a brick wall, like when God tells you to sit down or he tells you to be quiet or he tells you to hold on for a minute, you know, like you got so used to going to a, such a fast pace that, you know, like you begin to try to reach out to others because now you're like, okay, you know, you may have slowed down and what that may look like is, um, maybe spending more time in prayer, um, spending more time in his word, or just like, you know, not really getting out and being as like, you're being active for God, but you're maybe not being as active in the public eye. And something that I feel like God is teaching me right now is that, you know, he has no problem with me speaking, you know, to other people about him and teaching others about him and also sharing my life experience when it comes to faith is, he also needs to know, like, can I trust him when he tells me to pull back, when he tells me to sit down for a minute, or when he tells me to wait because he needs to go before me to clear the path or to check the road, you know? Um, I often forget that sometimes when, you know, we're going through a situation in life that sometimes it just means that God is still present. He's just watching over the situation instead of actually being with me in the situation. And he's still there. He can still hear me. He can still see me. He's still present. It's just, I can't see him. I can't hear him. But he can see me. He can hear me. He can pretty much watch over me, you know, in every way. But when I get in those moments, you know, because that's normally during the test and a, a teacher is always quiet during the test. I mean, they can see you, they can hear you, but they're not going to answer you. They're not ignoring you, not because they're being rude or they don't care. It's this is quiet time, you know, like you have to be quiet in order to do the test. And the teacher can't tell what you're learning if they're always, you know, answering for you. And the same thing kind of applies with God, you know, like when you are sitting down and you're being patient and you're, you're having to like step back for a minute, not only is he wanting to see where your heart lies, or at least mine, you know, but in general, anyone, when he's wanting you to, uh, to sit down and to really like trust him, he's wanting to see if I step back out of this situation for a bit to see how you're going to handle it. He wants to know, are you going to try to make things happen on your own because you start to get scared or are you going to trust that he's going to provide? Are you, whether that's money or that's food or clothing, like he already knows the needs that you, that you have and he is going to give them to you accordingly. But a lot of the biggest problem is that in our minds, we think we need it like this second, this instant, because why we're panicking. But see, <laughs> I mean, panicking doesn't really do us much good because it's it's based out of fear. And in the Bible, it talks about how perfect love casts out fear. 
So if you are afraid, that means you either A, haven't taken your prayers to God and your worries and your concerns like in prayer and kind of let God know like, hey, what you're afraid about. Like he's not going to be offended for you to tell him that you're afraid or that you're nervous or anxious or even feeling depressed about something. Like he'd much rather you tell him then try to act like you're all good and be prideful and then try to do something on your own and make it like a thousand times worse. So, and then that's honestly what we do. We get so caught up in trying to fix it or trying to do it ourselves or trying to make it better and it gets worse. And then we're trying to cover that up after we made a mess in another area and it just kind of bleeds into the next thing. And before you know it, it's like a domino effect of bad results. And then it feels like we're going out of control. It feels like we can't slow it down. We feel like we can't control it. And then before you know it, we're like at that moment, that's when we're breaking down and we finally sit down or we're on the ground or we're on our knees or we're crying and we're begging to God, like fix it. You know, like I can't do anything. But all God really wanted to know was, you know, if you had just come to me and been submissive enough and put down your pride and put down your ego, put down your ways of thinking or ways of doing things for a minute. And a minute with God could be a day, it could be a week, it could be a month, or it could be a complete season. But when he tells you to sit down and just wait, that's what he means is there's trouble right now. I got to sort this out. I'm going to do it for you, but I need you to, to just hang tight. So if you're trying to get a house and you're waiting for an answer to know if you know, you're going to get whatever offer that you give, you're waiting. It's a waiting game. Um, Same thing when you are, um, you know, applying for a new job. Uh, You put in the application and even though you know you're qualified for the job, the problem is, is you don't know if you're actually going to get the job just because there are other people who are applying. So again, it's a waiting game. And what you don't realize what God's doing when he tells you to sit down or wait or be quiet, you know, he's one testing to see if you're going to trust him. That's number one. And that's a given. Like, do you trust in what he's doing in your life and not what you're just doing? And then also he wants to make sure that, you know, you can obey him. Like, it's not just trust. It's okay. You can say you trust me, but are you going to prove it with how you act? So if he says, Hey, I need you to pray a little bit more about this and to just Instead of taking all this action, I need you to come to me and talk to me about it before you do anything, like before you make a decision, before you take action, before you jump and get involved in something that you can't really take back and that it's going to actually take God to fix, you know? And uh, with that being said, so like, let's say you apply for this job, but it wasn't the right time. So you did your part by applying, but if God wanted you to apply a whole month later, there could be a big, huge two month delay in a response. And then now you're going to have to apply to a whole nother job that you don't even want. And you're causing extra stress, extra strife, and you're doing it to yourself without even realizing it all because of impatience, all because of distrust, all because of, I want it now, now, now. And when you get a case of the gimme gimme's, <laughs> uh, it's, you know, gimme this, gimme that. Um, God's not going to reward you for that. (laughs) He's going to make you sit tight until you can learn, you know, think about like dogs and stuff. Like if you want to give a dog a treat, it's okay to give them one, but you're not going to give it to them when they're up in your face and they're jumping all over. You're like, no, like I need you to sit down and wait. And as soon as they do that, then you reward them. You're rewarding the good behavior. You're rewarding them doing what you asked of them. And you're going to reward them because they did it when you asked, not just because you asked. And that's kind of like what God's talking about when he tells you to sit down or be patient or pray it through or just like take a breather and step back from this scenario for a bit. Um, Maybe there's a dispute between a husband and wife or maybe a family member or a friend. It's not that the relationship or the friendship is over. It's just he needs you to pull back for a bit so that he can work on that other person because that's what he's doing. When he tells you to step back, he's really just needing that time to work on another person because God's a gentleman. He's not going to force anyone to love him. He's not going to force anyone to choose him. He wants you to want to want him. He wants you to want to choose him over and over and over again. And with that being said, you know, it's going to take time, especially because when he's working on hearts, 
he allows free will. I mean, the opportunity for you to be with him is yours for what you will. You choose whether you read the Bible. You choose whether you pray. You choose what you do day to day. You make all these choices. But then there's some choices that require God's approval. I mean, God will give you free range. He'll give you, you know, freedom and opportunities and, you know, free will. But there also comes a time where he needs to make a choice for you, which is he, that's where he says he, his ways of thinking or his ways are higher than ours. And his, his, uh, thinking is higher than ours. I forget exactly which verse it is, but I know it's in the Bible. So I'm sorry. I cannot like correctly remember that, but I just read it the other day and, um, it's very true. Um, the house that you're applying for, the job that you're applying for, uh, the relationship you're trying to get into, the marriage that you're about ready to walk into, the child that you're trying to have, all these things that you believe are best for you. Again, you're trying to make a choice. You think I can handle this. This is for me. This is right for me. I can do this. Well, yeah, you can, but the real ultimate question is, but is it right for you? Because what's right for you in your eyes right now may not be the right or best decision later down the road. And that's where you can't see that coming. God can. So that's where when God tells you to pull back or tells you to wait or stop or pray about it, he is not playing. And that's where he's not forceful either. He is a gentleman. He will step back and let you do what you want to do. He's not going to fight you. He's not going to argue with you. He's going to let you have your way and throw your fit and do what you want to do. Like a small child. He's going to let you mess up. He's going to let you make mistakes. He'll give you that room. But he's also, as a loving parent, he's going to discipline you when you do come back to him. He wants you to know, like, I'm not going to reward you for disobedience. I'm not going to reward you for acting out when I've deliberately told you what would happen and you chose it anyways, because that's not love. We don't purposely hurt the people that we love, you know, just for the heck of it. That's not love, period. It doesn't matter what kind of relationship, friendship, whatever kind of ship you got. (laughs) There's no love on that ship. If you are acting out in anger and you're acting out in impatience and you're acting out in disobedience and betrayal and just your way, selfishness all the time. Nobody wants it. Nobody has time for it. And even God don't approve of it. So it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to fly. So with that being out of the way, I just want to make it clear that it's like when you start drifting and you start like God gives you insight or instruction, you know, oftentimes we do go the way that God wants us to go. But if we're not careful and we start getting prideful or arrogant or we start getting um, caught up in the fears of the choices that we're making that God's given us and we stop praying and we stop reading his word or we stop being around Christian people or, you know, just any kind of like biblical based atmosphere. If we start drifting from that, don't be surprised when you start making worldly choices And because God loves you, he's going to discipline you to make sure that you know that, hey, that's not the right way to go. Um, I need you to have, you know, full undivided attention. I need you to understand that there's something up ahead that you can't see that only I can see. And if you don't pay attention to me, you know, it's going to hit you sideways and you're going to be really mad at me for no reason. When he's been all along trying to prove to you that, hey, there's danger up ahead. Or, hey, trying to give you a warning. Um, And that could be multiple, multiple explanations and examples. So I'm not even going to get into that. I'm pretty sure you guys have all experienced at least something in your life where you had a gut feeling that, hey, I shouldn't do this. And then, bam, as soon as you ignored it, whatever you thought was going to happen, happened. Enough said. (laughs) And moving on. So, uh... When God calls you to step back, he's not leaving you, okay? He's not. What he's doing is he's stepping out of the way because he has business he has to go take care of. If he has to if you're trying to get in a relationship with someone 
your heart is in a good place. It's pure. He's made sure that you're not going to lie. You're not going to cheat. You're not going to destroy whatever it is that he's about to bless you with. But the other person might be struggling with lust. So, you know, when you're looking at your time zone and you're like, hey, you know, I should be in a relationship by now. God's thinking, no, no, like give it another month because this person is about ready to basically get their heart hurt and their heart's going to be softened enough for me to work in it to where I can get a message in them for them to repent. And then they will be ready within 30 to 60 days. And that that's like, you don't know it's going to be 30 to 60 days, but God does. And so the person on the other side doesn't know either. To them, they're just feeling like they're living in chaos and they're feeling like things are in circles and they just, they don't know what's going on, but they know that things are changing and circumstances are happening and that's God moving. He's allowing things and shifting things to work in your favor and to work in that person's favor. And then when, cause God's already spoke when things will come to pass, when things will end, when things will happen, whatever God says is what goes. And when God speaks about something, his word does not return to him void. It's like a boomerang. He'll throw it, comes right back. And it's not going to be void. So whatever he says, it's going to happen. So regardless, whether it's a relationship or even like, you know, trying to get another job, if you are trying to start your own business, um, excuse me, you can... uh, have all the software, you can have all the knowledge, you can have all the equipment, um, you can have the classes put together and the, um, the business aspect put together like the savings account and the name created. You can have everything put in place. But if your heart isn't right and you're not ready to handle the people that's going to be coming into your life, if you're very judgmental or you're very like, you know, kind of defensive all the time you're not ready to handle working with people because your business is going to get crushed to the ground in a matter a short amount of time if you're not truly a people person and because God wants you to thrive you know he's got to work on your heart he's got to make sure you can handle the money that comes with it he wants to make sure he that you can handle the stress and the long hours and the paperwork and the not so fun stuff Are you disciplined enough to do it yourself? Because if you keep bypassing everything that is, seems to be unfun and difficult, but is part of the job, then no, you are not ready to handle what you're about to walk into and it will get overwhelming. You're going to want to quit and you might actually quit. And then therefore, what was the point of doing everything you just did? If you don't learn from it, if you don't apply it and you don't ever use it again, that was just literally wasted time wasted money, wasted years, wasted knowledge. God doesn't want that for you. He's a loving, caring father. He's a gentleman. He's going to push you in a polite way, but he's going to do it in a way that only works for you. Like this is why sometimes you see some people getting blessed with what you want and then you don't have it. It's kind of like to motivate you to know that he's in the area, that he's going to do for you what you asked. But you also have to have a heart of being grateful even when you don't have what everyone else is getting that you want. He wants to make sure your heart's in the right place so that you can handle the things that he wants to give you. And if you're not ready, then, you know, that's just kind of something that either you can work on or something like if you're not asking God the right questions... If you're not uh, digging into God's word or praying enough to where you can hear God and you can actually like understand what he's wanting you to do in this season, you know, you are going to feel like you're going in circles. You're going to feel like you're going crazy. You're going to feel like, what is this all about? And God doesn't want you to be so overwhelmed that you just give up. Like he doesn't want that. So that's why he does little by little. He wants to make sure that, okay, I'm not going to, even though I have the master blueprint to this entire like journey to this entire um, masterpiece of a plan if he told you the entire thing one you probably wouldn't believe him and two because it's just so amazing two there's going to be heartache in it because he is going to ask you to give up some things he is going to have to discipline you in some areas and he is going to have to like step out to see you know to test you to see where you're at as you increase with each new level 
you know, because he has to test where your heart is at to see if you learn the lessons, to see if you're going to apply anything, to see if, um, if what you're wanting is really like, because God gave it to you, or if you're just wanting the money that comes with it, if you're wanting God, or if you're wanting, um, you know, the people that are in it, like, are you going to put anything above God? Because he's not going to bless you with anything that you're going to put above him. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Uh, there will be no other gods before him. So he's not going to give you something that you're going to make and turn into an idol. Okay. That could be your cell phone. That could be money. It could be sex. It could be, um, anything, even eating, like whatever you turn to, that is your comfort. That is your saving grace. That is your go-to first thing in the morning or last thing at night, or just like anytime that you want peace if you're not going to God in prayer about it, if you're not um, seeking God first in his kingdom, because everything else will be added to you when you do that. If you're not putting God first, then yeah, there's going to be delay. You're not going to hear from him for a bit because he's basically going to be a little silent. He wants to make sure that, okay, are you going to reach out to him? Or are you going to reach out to family, to friends, to all these people that really can't help you? Because when you're in the deep, the deep, deep, of God, when you're deep in debt and you're trying to get out of it, when you're, uh, deep in learning about relationships and you're trying to do the right thing, when you're deep in learning how to have a business and you're taking risks and you're taking leaps of faith, you're calling shots and making moves that only God can really motivate and help you at this point. So if you're not on board with him and you're not doing, you know, what he's called you to do and you're not doing what he's asked you to do, you're going to be stuck. And the best way to get out of that is definitely seek him in prayer first. Definitely make sure that you are on the right track with him as far as knowing what he wants you to do, what he's asked you to do. And if you already know what he's asked you to do and you just haven't done it yet and you keep wanting that next instruction or that next, um, next thing to do, He's not going to give that to you yet because, and again, this is also another thing when he's gone silent is he wants you to go back to the basics and start there. If he gave you a list of five things to do, like maybe clean your house and, um, get your finances in order and open a savings account. And if he wants you to, um, you know, stop cussing and to, I don't even know, just eat healthier. There's like five things right there. If he wants you to do those five things consistently and he told you to work on them and you did all but like, I don't know, two, like let's say you're still swearing or you're still um, eating junk food, technically the only thing, he doesn't want you to be perfect, but he wants you to try. He wants you to show in your, put in your effort and show up and do your best every day. It's a relationship. You got to choose him every day. And if what's he's, if what he's asking of you in this season is, those things, those seem like very simple, basic steps, but we all know that things are easier said than done, especially when it comes to God. Um, especially when you're breaking old habits and you are stepping out of the way that you used to be. So for someone to begin to eat, eat healthier, you, uh, one, you got to actually have the money to go out and get the healthier food. Second, you have to have, um, access to that food. And the third thing is you got to be able to give up, you know, those Oreos, the Doritos and, you know, maybe the bologna and all that stuff and the pizzas. Because if you want that body that you really want, or even if it's not about the body, it's just about the health aspect of, you know, you got to lose weight in order to have a surgery or you got to lose weight in order to have a healthy pregnancy Whatever it is that you got to do, if that is the requirement, if that's the step in order to get to that unlock, to that blessing that you've been praying for, then there's really nothing holding you back other than yourself. And that's what God wants you to see is that when you hit a roadblock, when you feel stuck, when you feel like he's silent and he's not listening, it's actually the opposite. He is listening. He's just waiting on you. He can still hear you. He can still see you. But right now he's waiting for you to go back and do what he's already asked of you to do. He's not forcing you. He's not yelling at you. He's not being judgmental on you in a way to where you are 
disgraced. But he is going to make your life a little uncomfortable. And, you know, when it comes to the eating thing, he might have a family member or a friend or somebody make a, you know, he's not going to make, but he's going to allow um, someone close to you or even someone not close to you to make a comment that is inappropriate or something that makes you feel really low about yourself. And it's not because he enjoys that he doesn't want to see you cry he doesn't want to see you hurt he doesn't want to see you feel insecure but he can use that because that's fuel that is fuel that he can use that is uncomfortable but it's going to be uncomfortable enough to get you to put down the bag of oreos and the doritos and start picking up a bag of broccoli because now that you've been hurt and you won't listen to god he's like okay i've tried to you know, reach out to you myself through my word in prayer time, uh, maybe in, um, a TV ad or something like that about, um, a food recipe or something that had broccoli in it. Maybe he's wanting you to eat this for a reason, but if you haven't been trying to do it and you haven't been trying to implement the healthier, um, eating habits, this is now where he's going to make it uncomfortable by allowing somebody to be rude, to get you on a level that is going to motivate and push you to prove them wrong or to like, it's, you're still going in the, in the direction that he needs you to go. It's just now you had to take a detour. That's really uncomfortable because you didn't want to listen to him. You chose to, you know, procrastinate. You chose to keep continuing with the bad habit. God doesn't want that for you. So yes, if you're not going to listen to him, then guess who you're going to listen to? Somebody that is going to make you feel bad. So again, don't always dismiss bad as just bad. Learn from it. Embrace it. Take it for what it is. Criticism is not always horrible. It may not feel good. It may not be the most pleasant thing to go through. But don't shake it off like it's nothing. Don't tuck it under the rug and act like you don't know it's there. Don't blow these people off and think they're nobody. They're no good just because they made you feel bad. No. you need to get in with God and say, God, that really hurt today. They, you know, said a fat joke or they just, they made me feel really small and insecure by what they said. And I'm bringing it to you because I don't understand why they said that. I didn't say anything to them. I didn't do anything to them. And this didn't happen to me. I'm just using this as an example. Um, this happened to me somewhat like years ago. Um, but it's perfect for this scenario because Back then, I didn't understand why people would treat me the way that they did. Sometimes it really is just because people are rude. But when you know that God's been calling you to make a change in a certain area of your life and you're not doing it and some time has been passing and you notice that there's like a pressure or a tension that is coming in this specific area of your life, um, whatever that may be for you. I'm just using um, fitness as an example because I like fitness. Basically, I have learned that sometimes the bad things in life are actually more motivational than the good things. And it's because God can use both. God will always bring the good, but he allows the bad because sometimes... Okay, sorry. I feel like the Holy Spirit just said this. Think about walking on a path that has rocks. Okay, so let's say you are walking, or scratch that, sorry. Let's say you're walking on the grass is where you're supposed to be. And if you're barefoot, you know, that's that's not going to feel bad. That's actually going to feel good on your feet for the most part, as long as it's not too dry and brittle, right? <laughs> but like, let's say you and a person are walking on the grass and you decide that you want to walk in the road. Well, we all know if it's not a sidewalk, you shouldn't be walking in the road, especially not barefoot. Why? There's debris, there's rocks, there's glass, there's wooden slivers. Your feet may be tough, but I mean, you may have calluses on them, but you can still have an injury. You can still get hurt. You can still, you know, it's not going to stop a piece of glass from getting into your skin. Okay. And even if it's a tiny piece of glass, it's going to hurt because why you're not expecting it. But that's where if the person next to you is is being kind and they're telling you, hey, get on the grass, you don't need to be in the road. 
Okay. You're going to look at them and you're going to be like, I'm fine. Nothing's happened yet. So you got attitude and you got pride going on right now. So the person's like, okay, give them a few minutes. They're still walking on, you know, the road. And let's say this person can see up ahead that there is a piece of glass that's approaching as you guys are walking up to it. I don't know where y'all going, but this is just the scenario God gave me. So if you're walking along and the person in the grass can see the glass from afar, but the person in the road isn't really paying attention because they're too busy caught up in their own attitude, thinking they're right, like nothing ain't going to happen to me. And they're just kind of like watching the ground, thinking they're paying attention. Here's the problem. They're looking down at the ground that they're on right now in this second where they're at. They're not looking ahead. So just because you're looking at the road doesn't mean that you're going to be protected. Because if you're looking at the road and only the spot that you're at, you're going to miss the opportunity of seeing the danger that lies ahead. So the person in the grass is going to tell you, hey, there's glass up ahead. You might want to go ahead and get on the grass now. There's your second warning. This time it's a little more stern. It's trying to, and they're even telling you why. So now you've been given the answer to your problem. There's glass up ahead. The best way to avoid it is get back on the grass, which is get back in your lane, get back in the right path with God, you know? So if you're still arrogant and prideful and you think, no, I'm fine. I'm going to keep doing this because I can, or I'm going to do this because I'm an adult, or I'm going to do this because da, 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 da. Guess what? It ain't cute. You're only going to hurt yourself. And lo and behold, this whole time while y'all are talking and going down this path, by the time that you get done saying why it's okay for you to be walking in the road, the person who saw the glass is in the grass. They're not going to get hurt. But they can see you about to get hurt. They've done warned you. They've done everything they can to help you. And you're still not listening God has allowed that person to be a light for you, to be a guide for you, to help you basically with guidance and knowing what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and why. And if you choose to ignore that, whose fault do you really think that is? That's right. (laughs) It's going to be yours. And some of us, actually a lot of us do this without realizing it. Um, again, a lot of us are just caught up in ourselves or we're caught up in thinking that we're okay, or we just don't pay attention. And like I said, so this person on the grass, we're now getting approaching the exact spot where the glass is going to be the person in the grass. They could go ahead and grab you and try to pull you over. But if you're arrogant and prideful and you're not letting that person touch you or talk to you in a way that is going to help you because you're shutting them out or you're giving them the silent treatment or you just kind of think that they're stupid and you know best. Well, guess what? (laughs) This is where God's going to correct you in a heartbeat. By this time, you guys approach the uh, approach the glass area. The person in the grass isn't going to get hurt. But they are going to watch you get hurt. And they're not judging. They're not laughing. But they do know that this is going to hurt. And it hurts to watch you get hurt. Because they know the outcome. They know what's going to happen. And you're out here doing whatever you want. Being reckless. Thinking you're being you know, smart and in your pride. Protecting yourself. But really you're hurting yourself. You don't always know what you're doing. You don't always know what lies up ahead. You don't always see the same thing that the person next to you sees. So with that being said, you finally get to this place where the glass is at, right? What do you think is going to happen when your foot finally hits that glass? It's going to hurt. So you're either going to drop to the ground in extreme pain or you're going to stumble because now you're trying to balance on one foot as you're hopping around. If there's a lot of glass, if both feet get glass in it, guess what? That is going to be one painful walk. And then there's the lesson. God can still use the bad to get you to get back on the grass, to get back in your lane. And yeah, this might be a very far stretch, extreme 
like odd way of going about teaching this but if you think about it and this is another reason why I brought it up I've actually witnessed a cousin of mine uh, walk over glass and this actually happened when I want to say when I was like I want to say seven maybe and he was probably about 12 and we were at my grandma's house and I remember my grandma telling him don't be walking at the edge of the sidewalk uh his dad which would be my uncle had actually broke a beer bottle at the end of the driveway he accidentally dropped it as he was carrying stuff into the house and even though he picked it up of course it's shattered glass you can't get every piece if you don't know where it all went But because grandma knew where the area was, where it was located, she deliberately told him, do not go in that area. And again, my cousin didn't think anything would happen to him. I could see the glass. And I remember telling him, hey, you know, grandma said don't go over there, so don't do it because you're going to get hurt. And he said, I'll be fine. And he's barefoot. Literally within two minutes after I said that, he was walking around doing his own thing. And he got a big old chunk, and I mean a big, big sliver of a chunk of glass caught in his foot. But see, it's that most painful experience that taught him many things. It was listen to grandma when she tells you something. Uh, Second, don't be prideful or cocky or arrogant because that's going to get you nowhere and it's going to get you hurt. And third is you're not always right. Grandma was right. There was glass in that area. Just because we couldn't see it on the sidewalk doesn't mean there wasn't any pieces lurking in the grass area that was right up against the sidewalk. So it was still on the sidewalk. It was just the grass that kind of covered over it. So hopefully that makes sense. And to those of you who want to say I'm contradicting myself, no, I'm not. Because again, I said the glass was actually on the sidewalk it was just tucked under the grass that kind of grows over it so you're talking like weeds and things like that I don't know why everyone has to be so technical and so pinpointed we're all so defensive but take this lesson for what it is the whole point is when God wants you to move when he wants you to change when he wants you to step out and be different and to stay on your path and not get in um, out of sight or out of lane of what he's called you to do If you get out of it, do not be shocked when you step on the glass. I mean, think about it. God gives you plenty of warnings. He gives you plenty of opportunities, plenty of chances to come to him, to pray to him, to get in his word, to go to church, to make the right choices, to get with the right friends, the right people. He gives you multiple, and I mean multiple opportunities for second chances and to repent and to make your life better. And if that's not something that you can see and you're always stuck in the ground as far as like you think everything's about you, you think, you know, everyone owes you something, you don't understand why people have to be kind, you don't understand why you have to do this or do that or why you have to give certain things up. Don't be surprised at that moment if God can't bless you with hardly anything. And it's not that he can't bless you as in like he doesn't want to. It's if your heart's not in the right place, if you aren't willing to give up what God asked you to give back to him, if you aren't willing to go through some pain when you know that you messed up, because I mean, let's face it, from the time that we're kids, we oftentimes learn to lie, we learn to cheat, we learn to get around the bush and... um, try to dodge as much discipline as possible but that's the whole point is even in the discipline God is still with you even when you know you messed up and you really don't know how to fix it and you don't know what to do with it God's still right there all he's waiting to do is for you to get out of the fast lane to sit down slow down Wait on him, pray it out, and then let him do what he does best. And I don't know who this is for, but I really hope it helps someone. Um, again, I do have ADHD, so I hope this didn't go off too too far off the rail there. Um, all in all, what it means for God when he says to sit down, be quiet, or wait, 
is he's going before you for one to make your path straight. Um, that's why he doesn't want you to lean on your own understanding because you really may not know exactly what God's doing just yet. Um, other times that he wants you to be quiet is, and this is for me, what he's been teaching me is if I'm going to be on YouTube or podcast or anything like that is, you know, like my last podcast was a whole month ago. It didn't feel like it, but it actually was. But see, God was teaching me stuff during that month. And the lesson that I'm giving you today, I wouldn't have learned if I hadn't had gone through what I just went through in the past, you know, month. Um, however, you know, God wants you to keep going. He wants you to keep choosing him, but he wants you to, to go when he says go to stop when he says stop and slow down when he says slow down. Either he's trying to go ahead of you and fix thing. He's trying to go ahead of you and prepare for you what you're praying for. And if you go too fast, he's going to have to fix what you just did. So that's where it may take time for him to work on someone else's heart. Like if you say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or you go out of turn, if he told you to be quiet and not give a certain message or not tell somebody something or to not apply for a job or not do this and you do it anyways, especially when you know he said no, that's where God actually is going to need you to sit down for a bit because he's like, I got to sort this out. You asked me to fix it. So now I'm going to do it. But that means now there's going to be delay. Like I'm going to have to take care of this and then I'll let you know when you can go forward again. And sometimes it's just a timeout. Like God just wants to test your heart and see, you know, do you still trust him with what he's trying to give you? Even when you don't have it right away, are you going to trust him when it looks like he's doing nothing, but he's actually about ready to reveal everything to you. Um, there's just so much more examples I could really give, but for now, I'm just going to stick with this. Um, if you're ever in a season in your life where it feels like God is not around, he actually is. It's just, he's testing you and he's going before you to prepare good things for you. And that's where he needs your obedience and he needs your trust and he needs your understanding, or at least you're, you're trying to understand, which is you going to prayer with him and asking him questions. Cause he flat out says you have not because you ask not. So if you don't have something, it's probably because you're not asking. And if you are asking, you gotta, you gotta make sure you're asking him for the right things. Like, are you asking him for more money because you're being selfish or because you don't have a good budget or a good way of managing money? Or are you going to ask him for more money because you want to do something with his kingdom? See the difference? If you're using it for selfishness, he's not going to bless you with it because he already knows your needs. If he wants to bless you for, you know, with money to help his kingdom because you're asking for that, or you want more knowledge or wisdom or understanding, or you want... Um, a family, but you want to learn how to be more family oriented. Those are things that he can work with. Those are things that he can do. You know, like when you're praying for a husband or wife, like you don't just say, God, give me a person. It's like, no, he wants you to be specific. He wants you to actually consider what you want in a spouse. Just like, like the more details, the better. Like you may not get every single detail in that person, but that's because God knows what you need more than what you know about what you need. He knows that you may need um, someone that is really good at something that you're not. And even though it may drive you crazy because you can't do it. It's just a simple fact that that's the balance. That's what he knew you needed in order to thrive, in order to work as a couple. Just like there's things about you that may drive someone that, you know, God's called you to be with crazy. But they know dang well that you're really good at it and they're not. And that, again, it's like that's where the balance comes in. And the same thing applies when it comes to business partners and, you know, building um, your own business and, you know, trying to have a different job. Like the things that we think are suffice for us and are that we need may actually not be what we need at all. And the things that we try to run away from or avoid is actually what we need all along. And so that's what I'm trying to say is that 
don't always disapprove of the discipline. The discipline is needed, it's necessary, it's good, even when it doesn't feel good. And also, all the things that you go through, try your best to own up to the fact that if God, if you sense that God has been trying to get your attention and he has been using other people or signs or some kind of indication that he's been trying to get your attention or he's been trying to get you back on the right track because you haven't been doing what he's called you to do or you just kind of got scared and you wanted to do your own thing or maybe uh, you just thought you knew better and you didn't want to do what God wanted you to do and you wanted to try it your way. The whole point is that when it's time for you to get back on track with God, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter what you, in a way, what you say or do. If it's definitely ordained and it's in God's like sovereign will, what he says goes. So if he's, I'll be honest, like with me, <clears throat> when he was tired of me not listening and not being 100% on board with what God had for me in store in my life, I got wiped out at the foot. I literally, I mean, it makes no sense to this day how I managed to, to literally tear a tendon and two ligaments all in the same foot in one day. And then it took almost literally two years to heal. But see, that's the time and the preparation that God was doing to get me to break out of old habits, old ways of thinking, old ways of doing things. And to get me to understand that he meant business. He's very serious, but he's very loving father and God. And he wanted me to know that even though that hurt and he allowed it, he didn't want me to go through it, but he knew it was needed in order to get me where I needed to go so that I would be doing what I'm doing for you guys right now, which is speaking about God, about my story, about faith and explaining to you kind of how it works and what it really truly looks like in an everyday life. Like a lot of us are going through bad things because I used to be that kind of person where I thought bad things were because I was a bad person. And it's not. Sometimes it's just because you are being obedient and God's just testing you. Other times it is the whole, you know, God's disciplining you because he really wants you to wake up and get on board with what he wants to do for your life. So, I mean... At the end of the day, you're really not going to know which one it is. If it's Satan trying to trick you, Satan trying to tempt you or make you confused. Or if it's God disciplining you and God using the bad things that the devil's done to shape you and help you grow into better character and a better person. Or if it's God disciplining you to get you to get back on track with what he's already had planned out for your life. You're not going to know anything of that. Of what's truly going on behind the scenes and what you can see and what you can't see. Unless you actually go to God yourself and pray about it. No one on this earth. There's no Christian song that can give you the answer. There's no Christian movie that can give you the answer. There's no church. No exact person or thing or place that can give you the answers that you are desperately seeking. Only God can tell you what is going on and why and if he doesn't tell you why it's probably because it's not time for you to know why yet and if you never exactly know why then the only answer I can give you that I can think of that I've learned in my life is it's just God being God I mean God has mysteries and he has a reason for why he doesn't always tell everyone everything and even though it's frustrating and it can be overwhelming and sometimes it's just like, you know, you just really want to cry out to God, go ahead and cry. Go ahead and pour out your heart. Go ahead and tell him, you know, what's bothering you and why. It's not a sin to be angry. It's not a sin to be sad. But what is a sin is to act out in anger with rage, as in going to murder someone or going to hurt someone or yourself, committing suicide. Like, yeah, that's a sin. The body is God's temple. It's not yours. It's not up to you to take your own life. I don't care what anyone tells you. I don't care what you've read. I don't care what you've heard. The truth is you are God's. He bought you at a price when he died on the cross. That is it. End of story. So if you commit suicide, 
I'll be honest, like, I really don't think that those people go to heaven, okay? And I've had quite a few people die from suicide. And it breaks my heart because it's like, I really would love to see them in heaven. But God clearly stated, your body is a temple. You're to treat it as such. It's not your own. He bought you at a price. Jesus did. He was the one who took your place and went on the cross and died for you. So you would not have to go through anything of that kind of torment. To not have to pay for a single sin. But if you don't choose God and you don't choose to believe in Jesus and you don't believe in anything of that. I'm not trying to scare you, but it is, it's, it's the reality. He clearly states that those people, if you're not with Jesus, then you're not for him. And therefore you're against him, which makes you an enemy to him. So therefore you will be put in hell. You will be put in a special lake of fire. I don't know which kinds, because I know he's got different ones depending on what sins you do and which, you know, which ones that you take part in for the most part of your life. And if you don't come to Christ, if you don't ask him to forgive you of your sins, that is where you're going. And I know a lot of us don't want to hear it, but you know what? It's the truth. Plain as day, the truth. And I mean, if you don't believe me, I personally don't care. I mean, I'm not here to argue with here with you here. I'm just here to tell you the, the truth exactly how it is. And in the Bible, it states that, you know, if you are not choosing Christ, if you're not believing in him, if you don't think he died on the cross for you, if you don't believe in God, if you don't believe in anything of that. Well, one, I don't know why you're on here then, because unless you're curious about it, that's a good start. But the second step is really coming to Christ because you know right now is the best time that he's calling people to come to him he's coming back guys he's coming back and it's going to happen a lot faster than what you think or believe and if you're not ready you're going to find out the truth when you die and whether that is intentional by suicide or if it is a murder or homicide or if you are in a car accident, like no matter how you die, the point is at the end of the day, do you know where you're going? Because it doesn't really matter how you die. What matters is what happens after you die. I mean, you have a choice here on this earth during your time here to make that choice. So if you manage to live up to a hundred years and you don't choose God, and you die of old age. I mean, you really don't have an excuse other than you just simply didn't want to. Do you really think that's going to get you into heaven? No. <laughs> I mean, think about people that are in debt and they owe money. What do you think the the answer is going to be when they owe money and the debt collector comes up to him and says, "Hey, you know, um, where's the money?" Obviously, if the person doesn't have it, or if even if they did have it, but they blew their money on everything else until the time came when the, the bill was due, the debt collector is going to look at them and say, you know, you had three months or even six months to pay this off, but I see here that you use it on everything else and you didn't even pay me back. Why? If that person's response is, I don't know. Or I didn't think it would be real. Or I didn't think anything would happen to me. Or no one else seemed to believe it. Guess what? That debt collector don't care about any of that. They're going to ask you, well, what did you believe? What did you think? How did you feel? And if you don't have a good enough answer other than, like, I just didn't want to. That's not going to keep them from taking you to court because you owe them money. You owed a debt. And that's what sin is. is a debt. Jesus paid your debt. You are his, period. Whether you believe in him or you don't. Because when he died on that cross, when he was hanging up there, he didn't go up there just to think, I wonder if they care. I wonder if they know me. I wonder what they're going to say about me. 
No. He was up there and he knew every single thing about everyone, the weight of the world and all their sin and all their darkness and all of their shame and everything about them. Those that were already alive, those that had died, those that were being born and those that had never been born yet. He carried the weight of sin of the world in his heart that day, in his body. And he asked God to forgive them for they know not what they do. For the ones who make fun of him, the ones that don't know him, the ones that never chose him, the ones that rejected him, the ones that truly despised him. And the ones who even enjoyed despising him. And even in the midst of all that, he chose unconditional love. I know they don't understand what they're doing, but please forgive them, Father. He chose to die on that cross regardless of what you believe, regardless of what you feel, regardless of what you think. He did it because there might be a chance that in case you change your mind, in case you come to know him, just in case, I just wanted you to know that I thought of you. So I did it anyways. When you didn't even deserve it. Now I don't know about you. But as for me. I don't know a single person. In this planet. In this world. That has ever done such an act. Out of complete love. In spite of complete rejection. I really don't have much else to say other than God didn't give up on you and he sent Jesus here to die for you to bring peace on the world not to bring disaster disaster was done because of sin because of man choosing to turn from God from man choosing to do his own way from man choosing a route of destruction because of hate because of greed because of sin because of everything about it you're always going to have good with the bad and that's the whole point of the rapture God's going to allow the bad to continue growing with the good not because he doesn't care but it's because just like a field you can't really rip out a weed when it's growing next to a plant the good and the bad because if you rip out the weed guess what you rip out the plant too So therefore you wait until harvest and then and only then can you get the fruit or the vegetable or whatever it is you're growing and after you've picked it and the good is going with the good, now you can get all the wheat or the bad wheat. Now you can get all the bad of whatever it is that you have and you can throw it into the fire. And that's why Jesus talked about fire and weeds and crops. That's the best way to explain the rapture. Jesus is coming back. And when he does, he's going to collect the good crop first. Those people are not going to suffer. They're not going to go through the fire. They're not going to go through that horrible tribulation period because they shouldn't have to. They put their time into God. They chose God. They stayed firm for God. They deserve to be where they belong, which is with God in heaven. So the first fruits, they are the first group that gets to go. And if you're not on board with God, guess what? You only have a limited time once that tribulation starts to turn over to turn to Christ. And if you don't make it, if you still don't choose it, your time will run out. I'm not always the best at time management, time management, but I can tell you right now, that's scary. I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to be thrown in a fire. And I don't want to be burned over and over and over again for eternity and never get relief and never get out of it. So if that's you and you don't want to do that either, come to Christ. He really is your only saving grace. 
That's what he died for you for. Have a good